0: Welcome to the Horseman's Academy podcast presented by Lundahl Performance. We believe in making advanced horsemanship accessible and our mission is to present a raw, authentic look at horse training. We're problem solving, we're answering difficult questions and we're breaking down common sense exercises for riders of all levels. On this podcast, we document the lessons we've learned in our own horsemanship journey while offering insights that might help you achieve your horsemanship goals. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Jake Lindahl here. So I've gotten a few questions lately, even from some close friends of mine that are going to be starting a Mustang this year. They're kind of in the process of training and they were asking me for some help and advice, or they might be doing one of these Mustang competitions. And so I thought I'd make a quick podcast, just giving a brief summation of like my best advice for somebody that's getting one of these horses and and what to do. Um, Now, to start with, let me qualify myself and my experience because I know that that's going to be the question in the back of a lot of people's mind is, "Well, how many mustangs have you trained? You know, what what is your qualifications? What's your experience?" This is in addition to all the like dozens of mustangs that I've started and trained for clients of mine over the years. I want to take us all the way back to the beginning of my career. We're talking 2009 is when I adopted my first Mustang. It was actually a yearling for the youth version of the Mustang makeover competitions. Okay, I had seen that in Western Horseman Magazine, and I was intent on doing it. And that was my first Mustang, was a little uh, yearling gelding that I adopted. Entered in that competition in Texas we ended up winning the class and I kind of got hooked on training those horses. And so in the subsequent years, I adopted um, like six Mustangs for those Mustang makeover competitions. My family got a couple others. So at one point we had like eight Mustangs that we personally owned running around on the farm. Okay. So I've kind of cut my teeth at the beginning of my career, training those horses, started them, Competed in those Mustang makeovers, had a blast with it, um, kept a bunch of those horses around. And actually, one of those horses that we adopted in 2010, um, he is, to this day, we still use him as a lesson horse here at our farm in Ohio. I actually had him shipped out from Nebraska because he's such a darn good horse. And I really wanted to have him out here for our lesson students and so to this day he continues to be a great horse for us um so long story short i'm a fan of these horses i'm a fan of training them i'm not super like save the mustangs tree hugger as much as i used to be anyway um, but I definitely get the appeal and I want to help people get along better with these horses. I have no problem training and riding a Mustang. What I don't like seeing is all the naive people that get into this stuff. There's like a certain segment of the the Mustang crowd that um, for, like they just walk blindly into getting these horses without knowing what they're in for. OK, so I want to give you my biggest tip today on dealing with these horses and this comes both from my personal experience as well as going to these mustang competitions hanging out at like wyoming mustang days i kind of did that as like a yearly tradition um i actually used it as like a pre-work for the for the mustang over thing in texas all right i was deep into this stuff at one time and so it's given me a chance to not only train a lot of these horses but see how a lot of other people in this kind of Mustang clique interact with their horses, all right? So I've noticed some themes and some things to watch out for. Probably the number one thing that I see where people get in trouble with these horses is that compared to, like, your average quarter horse, your average, like, let's just call them domesticated horses, right? Compared to those types of horses that you might deal with in your backyard, wild mustangs more often than not there's exceptions okay but the vast majority of these horses they are different temperamentally to like a domesticated horse in the sense that they both have a super high capacity to be overreactive okay Uh, so spooky flighty when these horses do react to something it's very quick it's very violent um, sometimes it's way over the top compared to like what you know your average backyard bottle baby quarter horse will do. They're just way more flighty, way more reactive, okay? And yet on the flip side, they can be incredibly dull to pressure. They're almost like mules in a way, okay? And it's that you get both extremes okay, the scale is widened, you get more extreme reactiveness in, in certain situations, and you also get more extreme resistance, dullness to pressure, and that is part of what really shocks people getting into these horses for the first time, because they kind of know that getting a wild Mustang, okay, it's probably going to be spooky, it's probably going to react be reactive, most people expect that part, okay, they expect a wild horse to be flighty. What they don't expect oftentimes is for that same wild horse in certain other situations to be extremely dull, lazy, resistant. And that, that extreme contrast and, and how that horse can almost flip a switch in their mind and go from incredibly lazy, dull, not wanting to move their feet, being content to lean on pressure to then when they do have a reaction it's like way over the top and extremely quick it can be intimidating if you've not had a lot of experience around these horses they can be you know these horses can have like dangerous uh levels of reaction any horse can but with a mustang it's it's like everything is turned up to 11 you get more of the extremes okay it's kind of like Uh, the climate in Nebraska compared to where I am in Ohio. In Ohio, we have four seasons, but the winters and the summers are more mild by comparison. There's less wind. Things are a little more consistent and predictable. Whereas in Nebraska, out on the Great Plains, you get the extremes. You'll go from having a beautiful day to then five minutes later, there's a tornado. Okay. Or you go from having an overly seasonally warm winter to then bam, blizzard with five feet of snow. Okay. You just get more extreme. Everything is more exaggerated. And that's very much what training a Mustang is like. And that's what throws people off because oftentimes when these horses come in, as I said, people expect them to be flighty. They expect that horse to be wary of human beings. And so a lot of the propaganda and the thought process behind a lot of people that work with Mustangs is that they, they have a friendly first mentality. They think primarily about gentling the horse, getting up to it, getting it, accepting their presence first, kind of desensitizing the horse to the human being around and get the horse relaxed and comfortable near you. They have that as their primary goal, and then the training can begin. This is the thought process. The training can begin once they've built the horse's confidence to be near them, to be around them, etc. That is the conventional wisdom oftentimes with these horses. And Can you get away with that, especially if you kind of luck out and get like a really good-natured horse? Absolutely. However, more often than not, what happens, remember I said about the extremes, okay? So in, in the beginning, your interactions with this horse will be characterized by that horse being wary, being standoffish, being reactive and spooky. But then once so these people start applying the friendly first approach they're trying to gentle these horses down and there's a lot of methods for that you know i've even seen like the bamboo pole method where they'll like have a long stick to start touching the horse and kind of desensitize them to contact and then ease the human handler closer and closer until you're rubbing the horse physically um you know whatever method you follow You know, a lot of people go out and they just spend like bonding time with these horses. And I've made this mistake probably more than anybody else. Okay. Spending a lot of friendly time around the horse, but the moment they get quiet around you and they lose that inherent fear and wariness of human beings, it's like a switch flips in their mind. And they suddenly, they have an instinct now to kind of test the boundaries of this relationship. See if they can dominate you and see if they can start pushing you around. And that changeover from them being wary and standoffish and kind of overly respecting your personal space. And then, boom, the very next day they're like aggressively pushing you around. They have no respect for you whatsoever. That changeover and that switch often catches a lot of people by surprise. It can even be shocking depending on... particular horse that you're dealing with as i said some are more extreme than others but in general that difference between like how the horse behaves when they're not sure around you versus how they behave when they're comfortable near you that's way more pronounced and extreme of a contrast than compared to your average quarter horse or other domesticated horse and this catches people off guard and i've seen it over and over and over again where somebody will think that they're making progress. You can almost set your watch by this if they're posting on social media. okay, Here's how it usually goes down. The first week or two, they try to spend a lot of bonding time with this horse, and they post little photos and videos of the victories that they're having that the horse allowed them to, to uh, be near when they poured the feet in, or the horse allowed them to walk up and pet on them a little bit, or take a treat out of their hand, or even get the halter on, okay? The horse is still a little bit wary, but its confidence around the human is starting to be built. It's losing that fear. And so this person thinks, holy crap, this is amazing. I love this horse, blah, blah, blah. And then by about week two or three, something changes. They either stop posting or in worst case scenario, they post a big photo from like a hospital bed of a huge bruise or a gash on some part of their body because the horse, now that it has lost its fear and kind of inherent respect for that human being, it went from being a little bit concerned about you being around to now seeing if it can dominate you. I've known many people that have been hurt that way, people that have had nasty bites, Okay, on different parts of their body, people that have been kicked, people that have been struck, run over, charged aggressively by these horses. And often what happens is that this horse, now that they're kind of desensitized, they're comfortable with that human being being near them. Now that person starts trying to what? Tries to move that horse's feet, tries to do things like lunging, moving, yielding its body, you know, getting it to respect halter pressure, teaching it to lead, teaching it to follow a feel. They start applying some pressure to this horse and they start having some expectations compared to before when they really had none and they were just kind of spending friendly time around the horse. And usually what happens when people start introducing some expectations and asking that horse to move, yield, and soften, even just on the ground, they run into that problem that I mentioned before, which is this horse's capacity to be both reactive and very flighty in certain scenarios, but in others, very dull, lazy, pushy, like almost, almost mule-like in their disposition of how they'll just lean into and absorb pressure and just kind of sit on it and ignore you, right? And typically what happens is this person is very ineffective about getting that horse's feet broke loose about getting that mustang to move whether it's in the round pin or they're trying to lunge it or yield its hindquarters or back it up or whatever that person is applying annoying yet ineffective pressure to get a result meanwhile in the background this horse is steadily losing its fear and respect of that person and ultimately one day these things boil over to where this horse really understands okay this person is no threat to me i really don't need to pay attention or give a shit about the you know this person being around me like their instinct to dominate you is turned on it's like a light switch okay and as i said that is a very shocking experience for many people that train these horses so what is the solution to that the solution is to not be caught off guard by this by uh, by this like the contrast in the horse's personality you do that by having a balanced approach in your training from day one you need to be doing move your feet type exercises like literally how I start all the Mustangs that I train just like any other horse we go to the round pin start establishing direction getting changes to the inside being able to trot and canter that horse both directions around the round pin once i can reliably create that forward motion okay which is usually like this is this is where people get kind of shocked like if i walk them through this approach i can't tell you how many lessons i've done with people that are starting a mustang and they expect that in the round pin this thing is going to be completely crazy like trying to jump out of the pin It's clearly scared of human beings, so they're worried about it. But what actually happens, they get in the round pen and they figure out, man, I'm having to work really hard. I'm having to spank just to get this thing to move. Because more often than not, these horses are actually very lazy. They put up a front about being spooky and shy and reactive. And that's just kind of how they are when they come in. They have no education, no foundation. But underneath that sort of reactive behavior is a very lazy horse by nature that doesn't really want to move. And it's that sticky footedness that is in that horse's mind and just kind of in their behavior that is going to be the root problem of things like leaning on pressure, ignoring you, not respecting your personal space, running over the top of you, pushing into you, biting you, kicking you. All these things often come the root of that problem, the deep seed, is the fact that that human cannot command or move that horse's feet, okay, cannot control that horse's movement. That is the key to everything. That's That kind of goes for any horse, but as I said, you can be sloppy and lazy and get away with things the more good-natured the horse is if they don't challenge you very much, but with these type of horses, you've got to be on your A-game. You've got to be aware. You've got to be You've got to be smart about from day one, you need to be doing a healthy balance of move your feet type exercises, as well as desensitizing type exercises. It's not one or the other. It's not get up to them and get them comfortable first and then start training. That's the completely wrong approach. In fact, you need to kind of set the tone and the expectation that, hey, I'm going to be moving your feet. I'm going to be controlling and directing your movement. But, oh, at the same time, you don't need to be worried about just being in my mere presence. That's what having a healthy balance between sensitizing type exercises and desensitizing type exercises will do for you. Okay. Do not fall into that trap that a lot of people fall into. Of thinking, well, how can I gentle the horse? You know, he's too overreactive. I, I can't start training on him until I get him comfortable and not so stressed around me. No. you. If that horse is flighty and spooky and kind of wary of you, okay, and is a little more sensitive, like I said, some will be more sensitive than others right off the bat. But if they are that kind of sensitive, reactive type of Mustang, that's good, That means you'll have an easier time getting their feet to move. You need to use that inherent fear a little bit in the beginning to help create movement. Create and redirect movement. Get that horse's feet broke loose. Get it following a direction. Get it going somewhere. Start in the round pin. And then when you can get up to it and get a halter on it, start controlling its feet on the lunge line. Lunging, yielding the hindquarters, backing. Move your feet. Move your feet. Move your feet. It's an essential lesson. And if your horse is a little bit more reactive and flighty, don't waste that potential energy. Put it to good use and you'll be much further ahead of the people that tried to gentle the horse down and basically dulled that horse's awareness to human body language and and to their presence and to the energy they're creating with their body or the the training tools, etc. And then they have to go undo all that damage that they caused by trying to resensitize the horse and actually say oh all that friendly stuff was actually fake i do need to control your movement and i do need to be able to send you and move your feet if i ask you to okay it's it's in that like like don't lie to these horses from day one set the precedent that you are not to be feared but you are to be respected and listened to okay if you have that approach and you focus on moving the feet Moving the feet first, that is your primary objective, desensitizing and getting the horse relaxed around you is important, but it is secondary to controlling that horse's feet. Okay. If you have that as your highest priority, you will be amazed at how quickly these horses come around. If you do your job right, you can use that sort of inherent fear and wariness of human beings to your advantage. Because not only are you teaching good habits from the beginning, but that horse is what? Hyper aware of and focused on your every move? Horses are masters anyway at picking up and reading subtle body language and cues. Mustangs even more so. Again, everything is exaggerated and turned up to 10 with these horses. So if you're doing your job right from the beginning, you'll be amazed. In some cases, you'll make progress faster with a Mustang than with a domesticated horse because of that inherent kind of awareness makes sure it almost ensures that that horse is watching your every move closely when you have that attention they're learning just it just it's like exponential so don't waste it don't train that awareness and smarts out of the horse by getting them dull and desensitized and in habits of ignoring you and ignoring your presence start by moving that horse's feet. Obviously be smart about how much pressure you're applying. Like you don't want to just go in there like a crazed idiot and just start whacking on that horse until they're so panicked they go jumping out of the round pin. Use some common sense and some feel. But in that moment, you can also like, it should be easier for you if you can use a little bit of that inherent fear at the very beginning to help create movement in that horse's feet a lot of times in the beginning of training i won't even have like a a string on the end of my training stick when i'm round pinning i'll just have like a little plastic bag or like a soft fabric flag that i can just kind of you know almost just kind of flog the air a little bit or kind of flap it with rhythm and just that alone is enough energy and, and enough pressure to cause that horse to canter around the round pin And when they eventually lose the fear of that bag, and they're kind of desensitized to it, okay, then I'll put the string on so I can actually spank on them if need be to get their feet hustling, okay? But if you play your cards right, getting those initial training sessions accomplished where you're moving that horse around in the round pin, you start the process of controlling their speed, gait, and direction, and getting inside this horse's head, you can you know if done the right way it can actually go better and smoother than with your average overly domesticated backyard bottle baby quarter horse or paint or something like that okay so that is my biggest tip to you mustang owners and those looking to train one of these horses is um don't follow the herd which you know everybody panders to the idea of oh you got to gentle these horses down and And only when the horse is relaxed and comfortable around you can you then start asking him to do things. That is complete bullshit. In the real world, it actually works the opposite. You start getting control of this horse's feet right off the bat, you will not create those terrible outcomes that a lot of people have faced with these horses where they let the horse get dull and desensitized to their presence they let that horse get overly comfortable with leaning on pressure and pushing them around. And then one day it all comes to a head and they get stepped on, kicked, bitten, run over, struck at, you name it, okay? You don't want to end up like that. And I've seen many, many people at these competitions that they're just battling these damn things. They're penny-eared, nasty, pushy, running all over this person, and that person is just totally ineffective about doing anything about it, Okay? I really hate seeing people have those outcomes with these mustangs, and I've just gone into the cause of that okay that is the end result is that if you don't get hurt, you know best case scenario you have a horse that doesn't really respect you, doesn't really listen, isn't really motivated to try, always has a sour, nasty, lazy attitude about everything, doesn't wanna you know is resentful about being asked to move their feet. And that stuff is so damn hard to fix once that sort of behavior pattern has become the norm, okay? So don't let it get to that point. Nip that stuff in the bud from the first day of training. Start off by setting the correct tone, and you won't have any worries from there. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to the Horseman's Academy podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a five-star rating to help other horsemen just like you find the podcast. To learn more about the Horseman's Academy, or to submit a training question you want covered on the show, visit www.lundallperformance.com.